Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to our Bible study. Today we are doing John chapter 19, and this is the heavy one. So without any further ado, we're going to dive right in. Who's reading first? I am. So I'm Greg, and I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 11 from John chapter 19. So then Pilate took Jesus and scourged him. And the soldiers twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put on him a purple robe. Then they said, Hail, King of the Jews, and they struck him with their hands. Pilate then went out again and said to them, Behold, I'm bringing him out to you, that you may know that I find no fault in him. Then Jesus came out wearing the, robe, the, the, corn, the, the crown of thorns, and the purple robe, and Pilate said to them, Behold the man. Therefore, when the chief priests and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, You take him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. The Jews answered, We have a law, and according to our law, he ought to die because he made himself the Son of God. Therefore, when Pilate heard that saying, he was more afraid. And he went in again to the praetorium and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. And Pilate said to him, are you, not, are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have the power to crucify you and power to release you? Jesus answered, You could have no power at all against me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. I'm Joshua. I'm reading from 12 to 24. From then on, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stone Pavement and in Aramaic, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, Behold, your king! They cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus, and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of the skull, the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with him two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read, the, the, read this inscription, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the King of the Jews, but rather, This man said, I am King of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, 
one part for each soldier, also his tunic, but the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture which says, They they divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things. Okay, I'm Mark, and I'm reading the next passage, uh, verses 25 to 30, uh, from the New King James Version. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on hyssop, and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. I'm Lowell. And I'm going to be reading verse 31 to the end of the chapter from the New American Standard Translation. The Jews, therefore, because it was the day of preparation so that the body should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for the Sabbath was a high day, asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. The soldiers, therefore, came and broke the legs of the first man and of the other man who was crucified with him, but coming to Jesus. When they saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with the spear, and immediately there came out blood and water. And he who has seen has borne witness, and his witness is true. He knows that he's telling the truth so that you may also believe. But these things came to pass that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not a bone of him shall be broken. And again, another scripture says, they shall look on him whom they pierced. And after these things, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but a secret one, for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate granted permission. He came, therefore, and took away his body. And Nicodemus came also, who had first come to him by night, bringing a mixture. He brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds weight. And so they took the body of Jesus and bounded in linen wrappings with spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb, in which no one had yet been laid. Therefore, on account of the Jewish day of preparation, 
because the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. I apologize for the phone in the background. Where'd Greg go? Don't know. He'll be back. Like okay. Jesus, he'll be back. <laughs> All right. So this is one of the heavier sections emotionally um, here. So let's just go ahead and run with some final thoughts or biggest impressions, whichever, whichever it may be. Let's see where this goes. The one that struck me um, at the trial of Jesus, the context here in chapter 18, 19 uh, Pilate says to the Jews, you have a custom that I should release someone for you at the Passover. Do you wish then that I release for you the king of the Jews? He's really perplexed by what's going on here, that this Jesus, who has a perfect reputation and is so hated by this crowd, and as you read down through, he tries repeatedly to not crucify Jesus. Mm -hmm. And and um, he ultimately concedes to the haters. And my final thought is this, is that all of us need to decide who we're going to please and who we're going to appease in our lives. Mm -hmm. And are we going to do the right thing or are we going to succumb to the pressures from other people who will not be happy with the choices and decisions that we make. And um, I have made the choice to put my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ to entrust him with my life and to please him. And having made that decision, there are people in my life who have not been pleased with that and they have not been pleased with me. But that is their problem. I, I live to please the Lord Jesus Christ and to, to serve him as a humble servant. So that's, that's my thought, Josh. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'll, Piggyback on that uh, thought, Lowell. Um, who uh, really wanted to please Jesus, and who wanted to appease uh, the the rest of the Sanhedrin and the Pharisees and the chief priests? Here we have uh, upon Jesus' death, uh, and they're ready to take him down from the cross. Two uh, members of the Sanhedrin. Uh, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, uh, who were both secretly uh, believers in the Lord. And here they committed finally to him in public to take him down from the cross and to prepare his body uh, prior to uh, the Sabbath uh, for burial. Um, I, I think it's a a very moving testimony uh, on their part uh, to who Jesus is and who he was.
one of the one of the biggest doubts I have in being a follower of Jesus Christ is was it a show was it put on mm. you know what what because God is all powerful you know could he come down and could he just die and that's it and it's over with and then not sacrifice much to get what he wanted and then i think about the way jesus was killed this was not just being shot and then you know bleeding out and dying or you know your heart stops and three seconds later you're dead this is the most brutal torturous death in the history of humanity uh it started the night before with the flogging and I mean, they just talk about quickly the things that Jesus went through before he actually died. This was not a pleasant death. We just read in this one chapter so much pain. The the crown of thorns, the flogging. Um, read any medical journal you want on flogging there. The amount of blood loss, the skin loss. The, then carrying something that can support a human body six feet in the air, the publicity of it all, the spectacle. It was not a private little killing off in the corner. Everybody saw he was dead. Professional killers saw he was dead. It took 24 hours at least to kill him. This was a brutal murder of our Lord and Savior. This is not a put on. This is not a show. This is pain and yes. suffering. And when Jesus earlier, a few chapters ago, said, no greater love has anyone than he lays down his life. You know, I, I, I've i read um, stories like Fox's Book of Martyrs and uh, Taking the High Ground. And I hear those stories and I'm like, okay, if I'm faced with those situations, what I'm going to do? And I really have doubts about what I'm going to do. Yeah. But it is, you know, in, in my final moments, I hope I die well. I do not know because I'm not there yet. And I plan to. But you see the brutality of this, and you know what humans can do to each other. And Jesus suffered the worst. Not to save himself, but to save those he loved. And that's my final thought. I don't know what happened to Greg, Josh, but do you think that each of us could just pray and, and, and leave this as a short form today? I, th I think we should leave it as a short form. Uh, that last thought emptied me. I have no prayer left in me. I understand. So I just have, I just have one other brief thought. Okay. And then, Mark, would you close us? Would you wrap us up then? Sure. Okay. You know, it tells us of his garments being divided among four. And then there was his robe that they didn't want to tear, and so they cast lots for it. So it kind of tells us that he had four garments. And here the Son of God left this earth with basically four possessions and was crucified naked upon a cross. And so many of us put stock in the success of our lives by our material possessions. And the greatest person who ever walked this earth who accomplished the most departed this earth with almost nothing. That's success. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, well, let's uh, end with a little prayer. Heavenly Father, um, we're standing at the foot of the cross again, mm -hmm. and we're considering um, how uh, this uh, brutal death uh, of your son, um, how it has resonated throughout a history since then uh, in the lives of the early church, uh, in the lives of all the churches today. Um, and we just, um, we lift up praise and uh, thanks, gratitude and honor and glory to you. Uh, looking up the cross and we thank you for all our sins nailed there uh, the sins of the world uh, and we pray Lord that uh, many men would come uh, to uh, the foot of the cross Amen. and appreciate that uh, Christ came for them uh, and that through his resurrection um, they can know new life and uh, that he yet advocates uh, for the church and for all men uh, and so um, Father we pray all this in the Blessed name of our Savior Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.